0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of his mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. A blessed Advent fast to you and uh, all your families and your beloved ones. This is a blessed uh, time for us as we're preparing uh, ourselves for the salvation that we have received through our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. These are truly blessed, joyous days for us. And the gospel readings, these uh, days are also filled with glad tidings, good messages, good news. The message that we have today actually is important for us to prepare ourselves for the feast of the nativity. Before there was emails, text messages, all the technology that we have when it comes to even messaging, even the innovation of handwritten mail. There used to be someone called a herald. That's why some newspapers get the title the herald. And the herald is an important figure and a character throughout our history. We see so many heralds. And a herald usually can come with good news or bad news. Most of the time it was over a battle. So if there was a a battle, the herald would be sent to the next town or the next city to announce the news of either defeat or victory. And you you may know of the... uh, the word marathon, right? You've heard the story marathon or the word marathon. The word marathon is actually coming from a herald, a herald, a messenger, a courier, a carrier of news after there was this legend of an Athenian courier. His name was Pheidippides who actually in the year 490 BC ran from one side of the battle to another Uh, from Marathon to a place uh, as we know Athens and he he sent the message of victory the message of victory it's actually the word Nike and we are prompt and before he got there right when he announced the news he was near death and then he died and it reminds us of who The, the Lord Jesus Christ the good news but also it reminds us of Saint John the Baptist St. John the Baptist said something so important. He said, he must increase, but I must decrease. He came to give the message, and then the messenger disappears. If you look at the screen, there's an icon of St. John the Baptist. This is a different icon, but if you look for some details in the icon, you'll notice that St. John the Baptist has wings. Was St. John the Baptist an angel? No, but he was a messenger. He was the forerunner the forerunner so he came to prepare the way for the Lord and he did this in such a way that was so unique and special to St. John the Baptist because he was chosen he was blessed from the very beginning I want to remind us of the story of the Old Testament of Elishabah Elishabah was the wife of Aaron in the Old Testament. And Elishaba was actually married to the high priest. She was also re- related to Miriam the, the, the prophetess, Moses and Aaron's sister. And she even saw Moses being rescued from the water when he was put in the water during the time of persecution. She witnessed his uh, saving by Pharaoh's daughter. and. Uh, we heard Miriam's praise after the crossing of the Red Sea. So this is amazing because we see that Elizabeth is the descendant of Elishaba. She is a descendant from Elishaba. There so, there's so many parallels between Elishaba and Elizabeth in the New Testament. Right? Elizabeth is the daughter of Aaron. She's married to Zechariah the priest. She's related to Mary, the mother of God. She saw Mary rescue baby Jesus from who? Herod. And she heard the, the, the Magnificat of Mary. She heard the song of Mary. So, in many ways, we have a very similar um, example here and parallel between the two. So, Zacharias and Elizabeth were the forerunners to the forerunner. And. What's so important about that is before we have an announcer or a a messenger, there were messengers before the messenger. And the messengers before the messenger are the, the, the lineage and the successors of all of these beautiful saints from the Old Testament all the way to the New. And so that's so important for us to understand the greatness of this man. Our church is very good at explaining this. We have something in our church called succession succession meaning the baton you know the baton we see in a relay race the the idea here is someone ran before us very well they ran so fast and so well and they they kept the faith and then what happens is there's another runner that's ready and once he gets the baton he has to run in a way that those who preceded him ran and then he should hold that place of first place, and then give it to the third and the fourth runner. So the forerunner, I believe the Arabic word is sabik, right? Sabik, so he outran. Forerunner, someone is before us. We didn't just come here by coincidence. We we didn't just show up here just like haphazardly. There were so many people before us that ran the faith. They ran with the life of the, the... The Christian faith in such a way that we should imitate them, that we should be like them. So we have to consider all these great people before St. John the Baptist. So the forerunner had forerunners before him, and they also were in the line of forerunners that came before them. Each generation passed down the faith. And who are our forerunners? This is a great question for us to contemplate and reflect on this morning. It's a great exercise for us to sit for a few minutes today and think about who gave us what we have. Who, who were the ones that came before us and what did they do for us in our life? Because we all have a forerunner or people that prepared the way for us. But think of our children, think of our grandchildren, think of our godchildren, think of our friends, think of our strangers, think of all these people that God has placed in our lives. We have a role to play, and our role to play is to deliver what was given to us, but also in running a way that is pleasing to God. I want to shift into the unanswered prayers of Zacharias the priest. We we see here that Zacharias the priest was. Uh, chosen by by the lottery system in those days to pray and give incense at the altar. And he saw an angel. And there was something so important about this because, of course, if you didn't have children, this was like a a sign of maybe you not being in a good position with God. Uh, It looked like maybe you were a sinful person or not a good person if you especially... Uh, were barren so they carried great shame and guilt with this idea and Then the gospel points out to the reader that they were still what righteous so the Bible is making it very clear to us It's not because of their sins that they didn't have the children because the, the the gospel message is stressing they were Righteous they were good people. They were holy people so it wasn't because of their sins that they didn't have children and that Elizabeth was barren And then when Elizabeth and Zacharias prayed for a child, their prayers were unanswered. God didn't give them the the request of a child. And this may have caused doubt in their hearts and doubt in God. And worse than that of self-doubt is the doubt of God. God doesn't give us exactly what we want, when we want it. Sometimes we pray like that and we say, I prayed, I said something to God, why didn't it happen, it happen now? You know, the same way we send a message to someone, if we don't get a, an immediate response, we start getting nervous, we get stressed out. Because we live in an age where messages are so fast. But they lived in a day where messages took a while. By, by the time they came, it was weeks and months. So people had patience. They were not so agitated. Or stressed out when they didn't get an, an immediate response. It's something important for us to work on in our spiritual lives. A lot of times we're very agitated, uh, confused and this obviously doesn't excuse us for delaying and responding to people. But the point here is that we should build ourselves up for the expectation and the anticipation for either good or bad news. It's a healthy thing for us. It's a good thing and I believe Zacharias and Elizabeth had this spirit when it was their turn to pray. Do you think Zacharias said, oh, it's now my turn? I'm gonna spend the whole time praying for having what? A child. This is not what happened. So Zacharias didn't just take the opportunity of his uh, time or turn to pray as a time to pray for himself. No, actually all the church fathers say he was still praying for the people even though he had great need. So even though there was a great sense of urgency getting an answer from God, he still didn't want to know the answer. And what's amazing about the story here is how can he be surprised to see an angel? This is the man of God at the altar. This is a normal thing at the altar to see an angel. So this is a beautiful reminder for us. Yet he was astonished and afraid when he heard an answer to his prayer. Sometimes we get the answer and what happens? We think it was better that I didn't hear the answer. So we were sometimes not able to wait uh, and be patient for the the answer. But then when we get the answer, we feel, I didn't want to know the answer. I didn't want to hear the the response. That's a feeling that an experience that we all go through. And that's exactly what happened to Zacharias. Perhaps he didn't love us, or perhaps he didn't see us or how how is it that he actually responded to me who am I that God should even answer me sometimes we think we're unworthy of God's gifts yet he still gives them to us a lot of times we think that God only talks to us because we're worthy or good do you think this is true because if that's the way we think then we're not gonna pray why because if we think it's based off of how good we are that we can talk to God, then we're never going to talk to him. And that we think that it's only because we're good that God will even answer us or look to us. No, God will look to us and speak to us regardless. Sometimes we think we are unworthy of God's gifts and he gives them to us and he gives them a son and the archangel Gabriel names this boy John and the word John means God is gracious God is gracious to us God is kind to us he's able to give us more than we thought we should have or deserve or even think that we can have so they like us don't get the gifts because they deserve it but because God is gracious don't think of your worthiness but think of God's graciousness God is very gracious Sometimes we are shocked when we're answered in prayers. And this is what it means to stay quiet. Once we get the answer, what happens to Zacharias? He has nothing to say. And this actually the most beautiful thing. Sometimes we look at it negatively. He was silenced. He was shut. But his silence was actually a huge blessing. All of the fathers of the church say silence is a good thing. Because silence gets you to reflect more on the graciousness of God. Sometimes we're talking so much that we don't hear. And we talk and talk and talk and talk. But I believe at this time when Zacharias was silenced, I'm sure he heard God more. Silence could be a space for us to process, a space for us to contemplate, a place for us to grow in God's love. That's why we have to have quiet time every day. That's why we have to make a time in our day where we just stop, turn off the phone, turn off the the internet, turn off everything that's technology, electronics, go into a quiet place, go into the the place of the heart. We have to surrender to God's will. Surrendering is a beautiful thing and submission to God is a beautiful thing. St. Augustine says, Now, here we must first consider that it is not likely that Zacharias, when offering a sacrifice for the sins or of the salvation or redemption of the people, that he would neglect the public petitions, their prayers, though himself an old man and his wife also old, that he might receive children. So this is what I was saying before. He's not praying for his own concern to have a child. He's praying for the people. And at this time, so much he had despaired, even in not having children, that he would not believe. And even when the angel promised it to him, the words, your prayer is heard, must be understood therefore to to refer to the people. So your prayer is heard, Zacharias, isn't you're going to have a son. Your prayer is heard is, this is what it means. When we pray, we have like a priority list, right? So what's most important for you, you put number one, number two, number three, and the least important you put at the bottom, right? God is saying to you, I want to give you the things that you thought were not important. The the, the least priority things, and we're not going to play reverse psychology on God. So when you go home today, don't take what you think is so important and put it at the bottom of your prayer list because of what I just said. God is not going to be fooled. But He knows exactly what our priorities are and this is the most weighted one. This is the most important one. This is the most urgent one. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He's not going to answer us the way we want to be answered. He's going to give us the thing that we don't think is important. He's going to give us the, the least maybe important thing that we see. But He sees as being most important. When we abandon our hope, in God. God answers our prayers, so He surprises us. That's the best thing. The best thing is when we're not expecting a gift, we receive a gift. When we, when we know a gift is coming, it, it makes us lose the joy and it makes us lose the element of surprise. Imagine when you are thinking so much about something you're about to buy or to get and you know it's inevitable. You're gonna get this, you're gonna get that. You're already enjoying and savoring it because you're thinking about it. And then you get it and you feel, oh, like, okay, no big deal. But then if you have no expectation and this thing comes to you, how do you feel? Feel so, you know, grateful and, and you see God's graciousness. So our life is like this with God. God. We should surrender to God and make room for His will. We should pray this prayer truthfully and honestly. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. We say it every day in the Lord's Prayer. Do we believe this? Do we believe thy will be done? We, we should remember this prayer is so powerful. I know that God can do everything. This is no question. Everything is possible with God. I know that I can't do anything. This is also very true. But then I know God can do all things, and your will be done. It's that simple. So doubt sometimes cripples us, paralyzes us, stops us from advancing towards God. And I believe our way of living life is so important because the way we live our life is our message. This is the message. We don't need to talk so much about how we walk the walk, how we live the faith when others see us be one who is like Saint John the Baptist we run in a way and we prepare a way for the good news we make way for the Lord we make way for the good news we make way for the one who is more important the humility of Saint John the Baptist is great and he is truly a great saint in our church he is right after Saint Mary so right after Saint Mary is Saint John the Baptist and for us He is a great saint and we have beloved Johns, right? We have John the Beloved and we have John the Baptist. The name John is a very special name and we have so many blessings that we can obtain and receive from their examples and glory be to our God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God,